What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hey Man Podcast, episode 10. My name is Adam Shamim. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's staying safe. And I hope everyone is navigating through these tough times with grace and positivity. Because that is, uh, that's the best thing we can do right now. And I have faith in all of you guys. I'm praying for all of you guys' safety. And I'm very excited for what the future holds. Oh. So, so basically... <laughs> Oh my God! I you hear me? My, I was yeah, I was doing my. Ah, uh, we we here, we here, we here. I was doing my intro. Kieran, he was doing his intro. All right, go on, go on, go on. All right. So <laughs> in this episode, I'm gonna be talking about something that I don't normally talk about um, on this podcast, but I'm very excited to talk about it. We're gonna be talking about the beautiful sport of MMA, more specifically the UFC. And I got two yes, uh, UFC, I got two UFC experts with me today, two of my closest friends. We experts. Got, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you're an expert. If, all right. Yo, we're all wanting now. Oh my god. That that's that's a good that's a good podcast. But but all right, so we got my boy Eric, uh, who I've been nope. I've been friends with since fifth grade. This guy has been a uh, great influence in my life. He's been uh been like a brother to me and uh we bond over so many different sports and i can't wait i can't wait till the time comes when we can you know watch sporting events again so eric tell everyone a little bit about yourself all right um eric i'm 16 years old my boy Uh, i go to south um i've known adam karen since uh karen i'm karen Karen. you said karen (laughs) (laughs) go on there you kind of Karen, but I'm yeah, sorry for interrupting. You know, you know, they've both been uh, really good friends over the years. And uh, yeah, that's what's up. All right, and then we got my boy, uh, the ever outspoken Kieran McCarthy. Oh, we were literally mm-hmm. just at a, we were literally just at a party together, uh, mm-hmm. socially distanced masks, masks, of course. But um, I was, was, wearing, was, was wearing a mask. Yo, yo, you gotta stay safe. You gotta stay safe. All right, so uh, I got my boy Kieran. Uh, also known him since elementary school. We've been friends for a very long time. He's been like a brother to me. It's very good to see him today. Uh, and we've been planning to do this podcast for a very long time. So, Kieran, introduce yourself to everyone. Uh, I'm Kieran. <laughs> like a high school icebreaker homeroom thing. So, yeah, yeah. I've known these guys for a while. Uh, Eric's a really good dude. Adam's a nice dude, really cool dude. Happy to do this. I'm here to talk about the future of the UFC. I'm I'm very honored and happy to be on the Hey Man podcast. Uh, It's nothing like this. No one's doing it like Adam. And yeah, let's have a great time. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is true. I want to I want to first of all say, like I encourage you guys to start podcasts because I've had a very I've had a blast doing this. I encourage you guys to like get out of your comfort zone, start a podcast, start it up with your friends. It's a very fun time, and I'm 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 very excited to. I've been inactive for a little bit, but I'm very I'm very excited to continue. You know this great thing that I'm doing, and I hope you guys can do the same thing. You know yourselves. Mm-hmm. So, last night was UFC Fight Island, UFC 251. It was a it was a very it was a decent event. It was a good event. I was looking forward to it the whole day. Um, I mean, if you guys had to uh, rate it out of ten, what would you rate it? Hold up, before you guys can hear me, cool, right? You guys hear me good? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. So if I had to rate it, I'd I'd rate it uh most of the fights were good. A lot of knockouts. 
the main event didn't really live up to the hype, but uh, the co-main uh, and the other events were pretty good and very violent. Yeah, what do you think? I'd give it a solid nine. I'd give it a solid nine mm-hmm. just because of how uh, how smooth it was. The transition to Fight Island, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, not all the fights were good, but you know, I gotta give props to Dana and the UFC for uh, continuing to uh, just like give us something to hope for and something to watch during the the coronavirus times. Yeah, I gotta give it a solid nine. Yeah, we, we, yeah. I just Dana, we gotta give it to Dana. He gets a lot of shit, but you know he he, he holds this down for the UFC. You gotta give up to Dana for one time. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Dana White. The dudes, uh, well, we had eight. Well, they had eight thousand tests in total. They had four hub cities, all these twenty three charter planes to fly these people into Fight Island, and they had a uh, eleven thousand five hundred seventy six, the exact number of rooms in seven different hotels. I mean, it's just crazy how. How the UFC is doing it? I mean, doing who, it right. Who just purchased? Who just purchases? Who just purchases an island out of nowhere? But dropped a hundred million, I shot- think. Right, hundred million dollars on that one building, or that was the Apex yeah. or something like that. I forgot yeah. what it was, but no, no. doing it the right. Apex is like owned by the UFC, but then you have like the island. They bought the island. Abu Dhabi government worked well with them. <laughs> uh, we had the we had that one event in Abu Dhabi, UFC two forty two, which I watched with Kieran. It was Khabib defeating Dustin Poirier, first title defense. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a very, it was very, very cool of Abu Dhabi to actually like allow this to happen, like all the facilities and, and everything. It was, it was very, very amazing, uh, amazing Back. spectacle history. Back. So the first fight I want to talk to you guys about, uh, was a fight that we're all very interested in and a fight that was actually very good. Um, even though it was very one-sided, I'm talking about the strawweight, uh, women's. No, nah, I don't mean to cut you off, but. I told Eric last night, Rose Naman Yunus is so good. I told him to watch her boxing and how she strikes. Her accuracy, the way she throws her feints and all that. I remember, Eric, I was telling you about this. Remember that? Yeah. And and she lived up to it. I mean, she's so underrated. Her striking is great. And she totally dominated that fight. Yeah. And I, I, I was surprised that some the judge gave it uh, two to one for Adgras or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was a I think it was a very it's a lot of striking, a lot of a lot of back and forth. Rose Rose Namajunas, uh, if you guys didn't know, so we had the number one contender who just lost the title, Ro, um, Jessica Andrade from Rio, Brazil, and then we had the number two contender, a fan favorite, someone who we all love. Former champ, fight. former champ, Thug Rose Namajunas, uh, who who absolutely showed out last night. She she just she, her striking looked amazing. Her coaches. Now, me and Karen discussed this earlier today. Her coaches are are oh my are absolutely God. amazing. She's so well coached. She had yeah Pat Berry, who's the striking coach. You have Trevor Whitman, who co- uh, coaches Justin Gaethje, Kamara Usman, among others. You have so many great <laughs> people by her side, and 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 we know leading up to fight week, she's she has you know anxiety issues. But she 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 seems to always keep her composure, mm-hmm. and now she's back. Now she's back for a title shot. We're looking at the. I'm looking at the stats right now. So nobody knocked. Nobody had a knockdown. It went to split decision. Rose Namajunas ended up taking the win. Rose Namajunas had 82 significant strikes to Andrade's 71 uh, significant strikes. Andrade had a takedown 
Um, and yeah, it was just it was just a striking war. I was I actually really enjoyed this fight. Yep. The fight and the fight, my opinion, was probably the best fight of the night. And my that's that's in my opinion. My opinion. I mean, I can, yeah, I can know, agree with him there. I can, I can see. I can. I, I agree with him. You can also say that Holloway and uh, Alexander were really good, but you know, with the results, I feel like you know, it kind of made it go down a little bit. But yeah, Rosa, Rose struck uh, Jessica really, really hard, and uh, I was surprised. I mean, Kieran told me before that she was a really good fighter. I watched the fight, and um, you know, she took a lot of big shots from uh, Jessica, but. Uh, Rose came out on top, and uh, I feel like Rose is going to be in the championship contender uh, in the near future. Yeah, and also, uh, but Rose, I think she was fading at the end. If you guys were watching the fight, she was fading. If they were yeah. going five rounds, I think she would have got knocked out. But uh, yeah, was, yeah. But I want to like, see. Uh, like, go ahead, go ahead. That I like, like you said, it was she was fading a little bit. I think she kind of just she was losing stamina. Andrade was starting to pour it all out. I just think, I just think overall it was a great fight. Uh, but now this sets up a great matchup for the strawweight title, a matchup that we haven't really seen before. Uh, we have two fast strikers. We got the challenger Rose Namajunas, and then we have the champion Magnum Zhang Weili, who beat Jessica Andrade for the title and then defended her title in one of the greatest women's MMA fights of all time. Uh, the last women's title fight with fans, it was uh, her versus Joanna Jacek, the former champion, and that was a great fight. So I, I'm really excited for that matchup uh, if it ever happens. Yeah. Uh, who do you guys think wins that fight? Uh, Jay Wan Lee, whatever her name is, versus Zhang Wei Lee or uh, Doug Rose. Who you guys, who you guys got that in that fight? I'm gonna say I'm gonna give that to Zhang. Because Zhang, I feel like, is a more versatile fighter. She has more than just striking. She has a lot more uh, ground game. And she can, uh, you know, probably take down Rose a little bit more than Rose wants to. But if Rose uh, works on her takedown defense and uh, learns uh, a lot more, uh, you know, new styles in the ring, then I feel like Rose has a really good shot. In my opinion, Zhang Weili is still going to become, still going to stay as champion. I'm going to have to go with Doug Rose on this one because her striking, I think, is very, very electric. It's, it's smart. It's accurate. It's powerful. Zhang Weili um, was tested in that first title event against Joanna Yojacek, um, but I feel like Doug Rose is more motivated than ever to, to go back to the title. She had a little taste at the top. Uh, her first title defense – she defended it against Ro- uh, against Yana Yojacek. That was a great rivalry. So she beat Yana two twice, times, and then two times, and then she lost to uh, Jessica Andrade uh, in Brazil. So I which like she Rose was beating was... her up though, which she was beating Andrade up yeah. until she got slammed. That ma- that that matchup ended in a slam knockout, which was very unfortunate for Rose. But she's coming back. She's more motivated than ever to get the title back, and I feel like she could definitely beat Zhang Weili. But let me tell you that fight is going to be insane when it happens. I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, hey, Adam, who do you got? Yeah. Uh, Valentina or Zhang Wei Li? Whatever her name. <laughs> I can't get it right. Zhang <laughs> Wei Li. 
I, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Valentina on that one because Valentina. No, I'm going with Valentina as well. I'm going with Valentina as well. She's just so because fast. Valentina, I gotta go with Valentina. No, 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 Adam, Adam, tell us how you think she win that. So, so Valentina, the thing that a lot of people don't know, a lot of people don't uh, see in her is her wrestling ability. And I think her wrestling ability is very, very underrated. And I also think that her spinning attacks are very good. She's a fast striker. She knocks people out. Uh, Zhang Wei Li, though, is someone who packs a lot of power in her small frame. But I think that I just think that it's gonna if that fight would ever happen, that's like my dream fight. That's that's a crazy fight. But Valentina, I think, has a little advantage. Her kicks are great. Uh, punching is also great. I just think that she would win that fight. Yeah, uh, I think Valentina because she's so fast, and as Joe Rogan, she's very technical. And uh, and you know I would hate to fight someone that that's very fast with their feet because yeah because if you w- watch your fight with Jessica I one second she was going to the body and once Jessica dropped her hands then she got knocked out she you, you, she's yeah. so unpredictable so I, I take very underpredictable I think she she take she would take that over Zong Wenli Adam I got a question for you about the other woman fight Amanda against Paige do you think Paige had do you think Paige had a, a do you well, think Paige was Wait, hold on, guys. Hold on, hold on. Are we going to know the fact that uh, Amanda is 101? You saw, oh, saw yeah. that? She's the GOAT. GOAT status. If you guys missed it last night, oh, her record's now 10-1, and one, but the glitch said 101, which I was actually very confused at. But, I mean, she's, yeah. a, she's actually a very good fighter. No, not going to lie. The GOAT. 101. Wow. But but how do you feel, how do you feel that like, that fight should have ended out? Do you think Paige um, had a chance? Or? I don't really think. I think Paige is all is all like hype. She has two point five million followers on Instagram. She's not ranked. She she's basically just capitalized by the UFC from her looks. Um, yeah, I think yep. that she hadn't she hadn't been in the she hadn't been in the octagon for a very long time due to injury. I mean, not not gonna take away how she's a good fighter, and I respect her for you know showing up main card, Fight Island, all that. But I just don't think. I just don't think she has what it takes, you know. She hasn't been in the in the in the octagon for a while. I think it's just all hype. Yeah, like I like I told Eric, I was like, she's just there to look pretty and like just stand in the back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, Boyd. Let's all right. Let's so, go on to the next one. The controversial. Let's move it on. Let's. Oh, no, it's, no, 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 no. Next, next Actually, one. Is, yeah, next, that, yeah, it is controversial. The next one it was very. The next one was very well. Here, well, now we get to the now we get to the three title fights uh, for UFC two fifty one and the first title fight was former sparring partners, actually. We have Jose Aldo, featherweight legend, uh, moved down to bantamweight, moved up to number six, uh, challenged for the bantamweight title, which was vacated by Henry Cejudo after his retirement. But then we have Peter Yan, one of the best strikers, one of the best boxers in the UFC. And Now, now let, me, let me tell you this. Aldo yeah. looked good. He looked good in the first round, first or second round. He was throwing the kicks. He was fast, uh, but again, P- uh, Peter Yan is striking is like a, is just so fast, faster than his. Yeah, and yeah, that's how that fight and, and a very bad stoppage. That 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 ref should be yeah. fired. That 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 stoppage was terrible. Yeah, I definitely see. I definitely agree with that. Eric, what were your thoughts? Jose had a heart of a champion, and he still does. Tough guy. Tough. Tough as hell. Yeah, I'm, very I'm tough guy. Jose Aldo fan, you know, 
against McGregor. I don't. I'm not a big McGregor fan, to be honest with you. But you know, Jose Aldo is a heart of a champion. We'll see uh, how he ends up, though. But Pierre Jan, uh, Pierre Jan kind of impressed me last night through the fact that uh, you know, his standing uh, standing game was really good, and uh, I felt like you know he can he can potentially be one of the greatest when he grows up. You know, when uh, yeah, he's only 27, so he's definitely got a lot left in the tank. But Pierre Jan becomes the only the second Russian UFC champion in in, in history. <laughs> We all know we all know my boy Khabib staying staying up top of the lightweight division. But Piotr Jan, all right, R. R. P. to his father, R. P. to Khabib's father. Yeah, R. P. Uh, to Abdul Nurmagomedov. How do you say his name? He was a great. He was. Uh, it's Abdul Manap. Abdul Manap Nurmagomedov. Yeah. R. I. P. Yeah, that was. Gotta that say was that very, that was very sad. Yeah, but Piotr Jan, let me tell you, he he's a very powerful puncher. Um, I just think that. His striking is very unmatched. Remember, he knocked out Uriah Faber, even though Uriah Faber is like way past his prime. He knocked out a veteran, and you know he had he was going into this Jose Aldo fight as a favorite, and he was you know struggling a little bit. Aldo was finding the range, but Piotr Jan comes out and wins the bantamweight championship of the world. He had a knockdown in the fifth round, which caused you know the ground to pound and the late stoppage that we all saw. We had Piotr Jan with 258 total strikes, 194 of those strikes being significant. He had a takedown, which um, he had a takedown, which gave him four minutes and 50, sec- uh, 50 seconds of control time. Um, but yeah, I just think that uh, we also have Aljamain Sterling uh, next in line for the title. Um, Aljamain Sterling is very uh, underrated. I see him. Yeah, very, might be, very yeah. underrated. I love his ground game. Yeah, it's just. The way he took out that guy in UFC two fifty, San Hagen, San Hagen, that was two fifty, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, he took that guy out real quickly. He looked very good. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't count him out. I wouldn't count him out in that fight against uh, Jan. But I, I, yeah. I, I want to discuss someone. What are you guys thoughts on Sh- Sh- the Sugar Show, O'Malley? He got a new, another fight coming up this August, the next month. Oh, hi for what? I'm not a Sean O'Malley fan. No, I feel like he's arrived. What about you, Adam? For, for me, I feel like he's a young star that the USC wants to capitalize on. He's number 14 in the talented bandwidth division, which has, you know, huge killers like Marlon Marais, Aljamain Sterling, Jose Aldo. They still Dominic Cruz. Garbrandt. They still And Dominic Cruz, you know, he can easily come back and, and fight for the title one last time. But Sean O'Malley has been someone who he has that – McGregor. Now I'm not saying he is McGregor, but he has that like McGregor feel. He's got that confidence. He's got the looks. He's got the knockout power with the left hand, which we saw in UFC 250 against Eddie Wineland. But that knockout was nasty. Yeah, but the thing about Sugar Sean O'Malley is the fact that he isn't really tested on the ground. And in order to prove that you were a mixed martial artist, you have to, you know, be adapting to different situations. And if he could adapt to, you know, a ground opponent, then I think that he could definitely have a, a, a huge future in the next few years. So it's all about just adapting to different situations. But I definitely I definitely see why, you know, he's, he's getting, you know, all the credit that he deserves. So the next fight was a UFC Featherweight Championship rematch. It was uh, December of 2019, UFC 245. It was Alexander Volkanovsky taking the title away from Max Holloway. 
um, in a split and a, a unanimous decision. Uh, the big it was a split. I thought it was split. That, it was split, right? No, it was it was a it was a unanimous decision. Actually, wow, it was split. Yeah, that was that was a controversial decision in Max Holloway's eyes. <laughs> Heading into the rematch, we all thought uh, we all were uh, we all were thinking about how is Max Holloway going to handle the leg kicks, which which ultimately kind of cost him in that first fight. But Alexander Volkanovsky from Australia, Max Holloway from Hawaii. Uh, the fight was won by Alexander Volkanovsky. Split decision. The judges. Kind of screwed up on this one, in my opinion. I had it uh, three rounds to two for Max Holloway. We look at the stats. Uh, Max Holloway, it doesn't actually say this, but he did have two small knockdowns. Like, Volkanovski got up, like, right away. But in the first two rounds, he had two knockdowns. Um, in terms of total strikes, uh, Alexander Volkanovski had 139, and he had 137 significant strikes. He had three takedowns, but Max got up immediately. Um, so no control and- time. No control time? Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, one minute, 26 control time for okay. Volkanovski. But Volkanovski, you know, he, he made some adjustments the last two rounds. I definitely think he won the last two rounds. He has a lot of power, a lot of leg kicks, good wrestling. Now, Adam, um, Adam totally... do you have the stats for the third round? Because that, that round was close to a lot of people. Let me actually check. They actually, they're actually just showing the, the whole fight. But I honestly think that that third round, I believe it was 28 to 24 Holloway in terms of like significant strikes, but yeah, I mean that was very that was a very close round. Any takedowns? There was, a, there was a takedown that round, right? Yeah, there was yeah a few takedowns. I think like he had like two or like two, like one in each, like one in the third, one in the fourth. No, I, no, I remember there was two. I think it was two in the fifth. I think because that that that's not like oh yeah. fuck. I think that, yeah, that maybe like lost the uh, West. But uh, yeah, yeah. Now I was talking yeah, I to Eric last night about the the future of the. Of the um the featherweight division. Featherweight. Now I was I was telling him I was saying how I think Zabit and Yair Zabit uh Zabit and Yair Rodriguez should fight because their styles match up so good and have Korean Zombie versus Bri- uh, Brian yeah. Ortega they should fight and they had they have a little uh, background of beef there that'd be a perfect fight and then I think the winner of Brian Brian Ortega or either either both of those fights should fight Max and then whoever fights. They should fight for the title. Yeah, we we can all agree with that, so, right? Yeah, I, I, I would actually, I'd actually love to see that. Um, yeah, that's Eric, I have a question. Eric, I have a question for you. Max Holloway, one of the greatest featherweight champions of all time. Um, actually, I mean, I don't think there's an argument. I think he is the greatest featherweight champion of all time. But now he's kind of in a weird, awkward situation. What do you think he needs to do to get back to the top? To be honest, I feel like the UFC kind of cheese him. And uh, I feel like he won that fight. Bro, you playing 2K? <laughs> What's up? You playing 2K? Nah, I've been down here, but oh. All right, all right, back to what we're talking about. But uh, low-key, I feel like Holloway got robbed. And I feel like, you know, as a fighter, I would be really mad. And I would want nothing more than another title shot immediately. Because that's, that's that, that was just... Cheese, bro. That was like actual cheese that Holloway didn't win. I had him up three two. I didn't even think. I thought it was gonna be unanimous for Holloway, but uh, you know, the refs uh be on something, man. Like Stephen A. Smith says, stay off the weed, bro. Stay off the goddamn weed. I mean, and even Dana White admitted it was bad. He even asked the media members, "Is like, oh, who scored the fight for for Volkanovski?" And then nobody raised their hand. 
And he's like, we got some pretty bad judging. Max Holloway getting robbed twice. Uh, actually, maybe the first round, maybe the first fight he lost. But the, this this fight, no, I the think first he's fight he lost. In my opinion, the first fight, he yeah, lost. the first fight he lost. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Second fight, second second rematch. He comes out. He had he. A lot of people forgot the height difference. You know, he's five eleven. He did have the shorter reach. Uh, Volkanovski five six. But the thing is, like Max, like took advantage. He was closing in space. He was putting pressure on. He had good strikes, good combinations, but I think if Max wants to get Max is very young, the people forget it. Like he, he had all like twenty eight, right? Twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. He had yeah twenty eight. He had all those, or twenty nine something. But he had all those title defenses so young, like for a fighter. I think I think he has so much time to work his way up. And and Max is a hard worker. He's a very cool guy, and I'm very I'm very excited to see if he can, excuse me, get another title. Opportunity now. This welterweight championship fight, which was the main event, very, very, a lot of a lot of talk about this one. Originally, was supposed to be the two uh, teammates. It was the champion Kamaru Usman from Nigeria going up against uh, the young Brazilian who who moved who moved up from lightweight to welterweight, Gilbert Burns. We saw him in a fight night recently beat Tyron Woodley, moving up to that one, number one contender spot. This was That was going to be a very good fight stylistically, but Gilbert Burns, unfortunately, testing positive for COVID-19. I remember uh, Kieran sending me the news. I was like, no way. But we had two options uh, from that news. It was either going to be Colby Covington or uh, Jorge Masvidal. And Adam, I don't, I don't want to cut you off for anything, but I need to ask you guys this. What's next for Tyron Woodley, in your guys' opinion? So I think I think Tyron Woodley. Let me let me just. Uh, I just think that Tyron Woodley. I don't think it's like over over for him. I he had a great reign as champion. Um, he's he is thirty eight, which is kind of old for a fighter. But I don't know. See, there's so many. There's there's so many opportunities. I, I don't think he's fought Colby Covington yet, so he could be able to. Maybe beat Colby Covington. Maybe no, get back I, I to think the, I think to, Colby just completely ragged off him. He's got Leon Leon Edwards up there as well, who could also. Uh, Ariel Hawani was talking about Burns versus uh, Burns versus Edwards for the title, uh, for a title shot. I I think that Gilbert Burns should get the title shot next because he got robbed from COVID. But yeah, I just think that Tyron Woodley. I think it's it's going to be a, although he is ranked kind of high. I just think that it's going to be – he's going to have to beat some contenders to ultimately work his way up. But we got the welterweight championship main event that happened at USC 251. Jorge Masvidal, so much hype around him. I mean, this guy would used to be a backyard brawler in Miami. He comes he comes up. Uh, he had a – last night was – last night was his 40, 49th professional fight in um, in MMA. He – he was on and off in the UFC, and then he changed his style, and he knocked out guys like Darren Till. He five second knockout of Ben Askren, who was an undefeated fighter at the time, and then he, and then he won the BMF title over Nate Diaz, which was a very, very uh, unfortunate ending because of the doctor's but that was, that was a very, very um, that was a good fight actually, and he stepped in on six days short notice to fight Kamaru Usman, but. Ultimately, the fight ended in a unanimous decision for Kamaru Usman. Good respect at the end. Uh, what were your thoughts on the fight? Want me to go first? Yeah. All right. So, now, Eric can quote me on this. I told him before the fight, I said there's only two things that can happen in this fight. 
It's either Jorge, Jorge Madrid clips him with a knee or it just clips him with anything and hurts him, and it's over. Early stoppage. Or two, Kamaru Usman just ragdolls him or just whatever, what Kamaru does, he dominates the guy. But I'm not going to be wishy-washy here. I was rooting for uh, Masvidal. But, hey, he got – I, I got to admit it. He got he got dominated, but we can all admit that was a boring fight. We can Come on. We can all admit I, that yeah, was a boring yeah. fight. He got he got dominated, but it was a boring fight. Yeah, I gotta I gotta I gotta admit, like it was boring. We look at the stats. Hor um Kamar Usman had two hundred sixty three total strikes, most of them coming from the clinch. Ninety four significant strikes. He had five takedowns. He had a lot of attempts as well, and he had sixteen minutes of control time. Um, I I was actually like at the beginning, like Jorge Masvidal. He's looking ready. He's looking primed to actually put on a good fight. His striking, I was very when when they weren't clinching, right? Jorge Masvidal, he was in a good stance. He was throwing some good shots. Looked like he could have actually like hurt Usman, but Usman, you know, when he was kind of feeling like, oh, you know, I'm struggling a little bit, you know, I'm not, I, I might get knocked out, you know, he put him put Masvidal in the clinch. We, we all we, we all uh, had a uh, Jorge winning round one, right? We had we had a uh, yeah. yeah, but uh. I, we have to before we talk about this fight. We got to give props to Masvidal for taking this fight on six days notice. Dude's a G. He had to cut in twenty pounds. I mean, yeah. you got to keep up with him. Been fighting for what 16, 17 years or a pro. I mean, he deserved yeah. everything. I mean, he, he, he dude's a scrapper. I mean, he had nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, yeah, yeah, nothing. But I, I, I hope they run it back. I, I think Jorge yeah. needs two more, two more wins. And dude, fight of the year on UFC cover, he did it all. I mean. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just got a setback for him. I I think not. That... No, in my opinion, Karma Usman uh, deserves a lot of the props. Oh, 100 percent. He ties, so much, he ties GSP's he, he, record. He took so much in street. from Jorge these last uh, this last couple years. You know, Jorge has been saying, you know, he's the best in the game. I feel like Us Usman Usman deserves a lot, bro. Like honestly, and I yeah. feel like Usman. My opinion, my opinion, Usman's better than uh, John Jones. Ooh, I just you think so. I think I think I think right now a little bit. I just think that striking's a lot better. Uh, I, I they're they're both great. They're both great great fighters in this game. But with, I heard John Anik. He kept saying like, oh, like uh, Kamar Usman's like criminally underrated. I think that this this win over Jorge Masvidal, he beats Tyron Woodley for the title. Tyron Woodley at the time was a dominant champion, and then he beat Colby Covington, uh, who was a great wrestler. He he definitely tested him on the feet as well. Colby Covington. Uh, that was a great was, fight. Uh, was, that was a great fight. Yeah, we can all admit that. Great fight. Great fight. A lot of a lot of a, really a lot of different parts in that fight that was like very eye opening and very cool to see. And then he beats Jorge Masvidal, so he beats three like very top guys, and Eric, I have a question for you. You know, does Kamaru is Kamaru Usman gonna have like a long title reign in this welterweight division? Yes, he is. I believe he uh, is one of the best, and he is gonna have one of the longest title reigns. Bro, he, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: he's the John Jones that could have been. Oh, you know, I like John that statement. Jones, I like that statement. If John Jones never really did all those things, you know, with the drugs and. Uh, <laughs> DUIs and stuff like that. He could have been where Karma Usman is right now, and uh, I just feel like, you know, he's a lot better. 
in all, all ways because you know, I just he comes in as a wrestler, but he's got good striking as well. He just didn't show it. But yeah, he's like the John Jones that could have been, and I feel like he's not gonna waste any opportunity, and he's not gonna pass up on any opportunity. He's just he's just good. Yeah, I have a question for both of you. There, this was a this was a huge question heading into the fight. If Jorge Masvidal were to win this fight, I mean, with all all that was going against him, the six days notice, the weight cut, um, if he were if he were to beat Kamar Usman and get the title, you know that he was working for for so long, do you think that he he goes into superstar UFC? Hundred percent. And I say that because yeah, yeah, I'm saying, and I say that because he knocked out Darren Till, who's a very good fighter. Knocked out Ben Askren, which was incredible. Knockout, five, five seconds, seconds knockout, and he beats Nate Diaz. And he beat up Nate Diaz, and I love. Well, and, well, and you well, and you know well, I'm a big Nate Diaz fan, but he beat him up. Yeah, but uh, hundred percent. And in my did, opinion, yeah, go ahead. I feel like I feel like Nate, like in that Nate Diaz fight, could have lasted a little longer. You know, Nate, Nate's a dog in there. Mm-hmm. Nate, yes, Nate's sir. a dog. Mm-hmm. I think, but like, yeah. yo, I, I gotta, I gotta give props to Monster though. You know. Taking this fight one week notice, you know, uh, what was it? Gilbert Burns was supposed to fight Usman. I got to give props yeah. to Masvidal. I'm not a big Masvidal fan, but, you know, he came in and uh, he had that intensity going into the fight, too. And I feel like, you know, if Masvidal really, really, really just, like, works harder and harder, there's going to be a second fight. All right. So I have two questions to ask you guys before we... Oh, we're gonna end it. Um, let. Oh, we're gonna be here for a while. Yeah, this is 30, 33 minutes. Oh, we're not. Uh, that's how. That's how long a podcast usually is. Thirty three minutes. But I actually, we actually got a lot, you know, done like talking wise. But hey, you want to go longer or what? It doesn't matter, bro. It's Adam's podcast. Adam, Adam do what let's Adam talk. Does. Let's. I'm. I'm. I'm down to go uh, longer. Yeah, let's 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 go. Let, yeah, let's go a little bit longer. Actually. I don't mind it. All right. So first of all, yeah. Let's talk about. <laughs> go ahead. Oh my god. Let's talk about who you got UFC 252 at the UFC Apex. This is supposed to be Daniel Cormier's last fight against Stephen oh, Miocic. They're going to finish his total, trilogy. Total, right. total. I'm going to go yeah. first. If Daniel Cormier sticks to his game plan, doesn't strike, and just wrestles with him, 100% he wins that fight. And now, it went the second fight. I knew the fight was over because if you guys listen closely in the third round, I think it was, uh, DC went back to his corner and he's and he, he the first thing he said to his coach was, "Am I winning?" And by that, I was like, "Oh, it's over." I, I knew it was over by then. So if if, if DC sticks to his wrestling game plan, he he's he for sure gonna beat him. And and and, and I think he's gonna do that. He said that he's gonna wrestle with him. So yeah, I, I got DC. Nah, but here's the thing: if you think about it, if you think about it, all right, Stipe is gonna know that you know. He can't go pound for pound with him. At the same time, CP's gonna prepare for you know ground and pound, bro. Because like low key, if he really wants to beat DC, then he has to learn more grappling and wrestling techniques. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's DC's one, like I'm gonna say one. Sure. Yeah, that's one positive of DC that he has the advantage of wrestling and grappling. And Sipe, Sipe is a good fighter. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I feel like if Stipe really wants to win, he's gonna have to learn how to grapple. 
and 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 when I was looking at the first two fights, both of the fights ended in knockouts, and we didn't really see like a lot of grappling. Like these two guys are both like good grapplers. That's what they're based on. But I just think that this is a great American rivalry between two two like you have a great heavyweight champion in Stephen Miocic, and you have just an all timer, a great legend in Daniel Cormier. But first of all. Like, I wanted to ask you, like, do you think his legacy... Now, he's a lightweight champ. He was a light heavyweight Double champion. Double champ. Uh, when John Jones... Light heavyweight champion when John Jones wasn't there. And then he becomes a heavyweight champion, becomes a double champ. But do you think his legacy is a bit tarnished from two losses from his biggest rival, John Jones? All right, I'll start with this one. Um, with those fights... Um, well, clearly, John was the better fighter. But um, no, I have a question for you guys. Do you think out of 10 times, how many times do you think DC beats John Jones? I'd say like out of 10 times, I'd say maybe like three times because John Jones was just too much for him in like those two fights. Like the first fight was unanimous decision. Second fight was knockout. Second fight was the second fight was a knockout. And John Jones like was absolutely playing with DC with the striking and then, and then in the first and then there was a very like um there was a moment in the first fight between John Jones and DC when when like John Jones he lifted up DC and took him down which like was at the time was like very very crazy and then and then uh Joe Rogan was like John Jones taking down DC and like it was very it was very very like uh, like monumental because DC's like it's very hard to take down and you know, DC just – I feel like DC's beaten so many great opponents. He's beaten, like, Alexander Gustafsson. He's beaten, like – I mean, I can't really name everyone right now. He's beaten Stipe, obviously. But the one person that he didn't seem to, you know, get over was John Jones. And I think John Jones stylistically was a little bit too much. All right. I can't be the only one that thinks he's so overhated for no reason. John Jones? Uh, No, DC. DC, DC, you know, I just, I DC is a very, very like he's just an absolute like student of the game. He's always learning. He's always improving. Mm-hmm. He has a great team behind him, and he's a great competitor and a great ambassador for MMA. Like he, he's a great example of like hard work and learning and and getting better each time. You know, he has he has like trash talk and all that, but he always shows respect to his opponents. Like I remember when he beat Alexander Gustafsson, mm-hmm. and like he said you know, cut the promos, like, Alexander, you, you, you made me better, and, and, you know, I just think that, like, with, like, like, just respect and just getting better, I think, yeah, you're right, he does get overhated. And I'll say that because, um, I mean, personally, I think DC's a cool, smart, nice guy, and, and a hell of a fighter, a fighter, and, and the time I saw him getting booed when, remember, remember when they were having a press conference with him and, uh, D, uh John Jones? Uh, for the second fight, and whenever he put, picked the mic, he was getting uh, he was getting booed. I was like, "Why are you booing this guy?" And then John Jones just come back from like hitting the pregnant lady with his car, and and I and I and yeah. that's no disrespect to John Jones, even though he's not watching this. But like, why are you booing that guy? It's just you know what I'm saying. It's like, why would he, why would you boo that guy? All right, and also just in order to start another conversation, what's next for John Jones? So, John Jones is the light heavyweight champion right now. But there is talk that he could take, like, some some time off because of, like, negotiating. Now, with the notion of negotiating, what are you... All right, there's so much to talk about. With the nego- what, are, what are you guys thoughts on the, the negotiation? I think it's a terrible time to start 
talking about Pirate Pay during this pandemic. I think it's a terrible time. Yeah, te- terrible mm-hmm. time. What do you, What do you think, Eric? Uh, I, I just don't feel like John Jones can come back from this, bro. I mean, sure he'll get some fights, but it's gonna happen. I feel like it's gonna happen. The same things are gonna happen. DUI, 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 and you know it's not gonna go anywhere. And I feel like you know he's he's gonna be one of the he's gonna be the greatest fighter of all time, but it just it just won't really be that hype knowing that he did all this stuff to ruin his career. Mm-hmm. Let me let me tell you about let me tell you about the light heavyweight division right now. I I don't really see anyone who can like take the title from John Jones. We got someone like Dominic Reyes, right? We who actually he did give John Jones a great fight. Arguably, he ended up arguably they could have won and, that fight. Yeah, and I think that rematch should happen. I think that guy is the only person who can actually like like give John Jones like he knows like he studied that fight so he studied before that fight so well and like that actually paid off even though he lost and then like John Jones he beat Thiago Santos. Uh, Jan Blachowicz, who beat Corey Anderson recently, like um, not too long ago, like he he's also a good op- a good option. Uh, Glover Teixeira as well. I just but but the thing is like, John Jones is just he always <laughs> finds a way to beat his opponents. He always adapts to what they're doing. If he's facing a striker, he'll outstrike them. If he's facing a a wrestler, he'll out wrestle them. You know he's 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 like the LeBron James of MMA. He's all around passing for LeBron and, like, scoring for LeBron, defense. Like, John Jones is just all around. Right. I couldn't agree anymore, Adam. I mean, with John Jones, it's like, I feel like John Jones is just too good for the division. And I say that because if you watch any of his interviews, it's almost like he pities his opponents because they don't know how – like, he talks like they don't know how good he is and how bad he's going to beat them up. If anything, what's next for John Jones is just – if John Jones wants to fight, I think he should fight uh, either uh, Thiago Santos, I think, or Dominic Cruz. Or if they want, they can put an interim belt between t- either Jan, Jan versus uh, either Dominic Cruz. No, 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 pl- yeah, Jan, what's his, uh, what's his last name? Lokovic? Blahovic. Uh, him yeah. versus either Thiago Santos or Dominic Reyes for the interim belt. Or you can do interim belt Dominic Reyes versus Thiago Santos. Then they'll see who fights. Cause they both they they both come off um, losses from John Jones. Uh, so uh, if John Jones wants to take times yeah. off, strip him. Because yeah, you guys think he should be stripped or what? Honestly, like right now, the last time he defended his title was in February, and I just think that he, I mean, he got into like the arrest as well. He's been um, active though. Uh, he's been active. Yeah. yeah, he's been he's been he's been yeah. fairly active, but. For right now, just with like disputes and everything, I think he should be stripped. I just the lightweight, the light heavyweight division's been like so like stagnant for a very long time because we've essentially had two champions. We've had John Jones and Daniel Cormier just switching back and forth, but it would be crazy to just see a new champion. Um, and I just think that D- John Jones, you know, depending on what happens, I, 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 I honestly think he should be stripped. What do you think, Eric? Uh yeah 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 hey boys I I hate to do this but I gotta get going I gotta, <laughs> gotta but, you know I gotta get going my guys yo I hate to do this all right but you know yeah, no it's, it's you know you want to yeah, stay in here Adam or what no we can stay in here we can talk more. yeah right. yeah this was a good I'm right, brother I'll, I'll see you yeah, you we, we gotta scrap on UFC tonight oh yeah for real hey, let yo, me know 
Yeah. We gotta yo, we gotta make all three of us make a podcast for UFC. All right. But yo, Loki, thank you to my boy Adam for inviting me. You know, uh this was fun. And uh yeah, Adam, uh I hope you're doing good. I hope everything's well. <laughs> yeah. Uh Kieran, you too. <laughs> I don't know, thank you. Thank you so much, Eric, for joining us. Everyone hey, yo. peace, uh, man. Uh, yeah, thank thank you. Thank you so much, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, all right. So, so what, what I was saying was, um, with John Jones, when you talk about the greatest, always John Jones. Because I mean, look at his record. I mean, despite all the shit, the, the stuff he's done, you you're always looking at John Jones as the greatest. I mean, look at his record. He's beaten Daniel Cormier twice, and uh, who else? Alexander Gustafson twice. Uh, Leona Machida when he was good. Uh, Rampage Shogun. Shogun, mm-hmm. when he I mean, was good. his record is um, crazy. All legends after legends, and and he was beating them as what at what eighteen? I mean, 21, 20 something years old. Yeah, youngest champion in, in the U.S. Back then, I mean, doesn't get any better. Than, I mean, the, the record record wise doesn't get any better better than better than John Jones. I mean, honestly, again, which again, I mean, there's no way he's not on someone's goat list. I mean, it's it's again, despite all the alleg- despite all the stuff he's done, he's Gotta be on your um his, your goat list. If you're not, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Who, who, yeah. who what's your what's your goat so, list? What's your goat list? My goat list. My goat list. Honestly, if we're if I'm being honest, we're going George Saint Pierre. Um, we're going Anderson Silva, and then I have John Jones, and then oh, someone else. Uh, Conor McGregor. Just because the thing is, Conor McGregor. If I'm being honest, he's the one who. Basically made the UFC popular. Couldn't agree with he that more. People couldn't agree in. with that more. He he and made it the sport like it is he, today. We can all agree to that. Even even if Eric yeah. was here today, he would tell you that. Yeah, and and like McGregor, although like so so the thing about McGregor, mm-hmm. right? I'll I'll be honest with McGregor. Like he was given so much opportunity just because of you know his persona and like he promoted fights so mm-hmm. well. Like you watch the press conference. Like with so many of the high profile guys, you're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm definitely buying that mm-hmm. fight." You want to see this guy back up his talk. Like he he, no one can do it like him. Predicting knockouts in in rounds, like he he just does he he does it. And Mystic Mac and and all these things. Mystic and, Mac, baby. I don't because... predict these things. Wait, wait I, I yeah. predict these things. What do you what do you say? Yeah. Like, I predict, I predict yeah. these things. They He's call like me Mystic Mac. So you could call me Max. You can call me Mystic Max because <laughs> I predict these things. Oh my God, this guy, he, he, I mean, just, just everything he does. I mean, the way he took he, out Eddie yeah. Alvaro, uh, Alvarez was, I mean, yeah. no one does. That, that was the best, that was the best championship performance I've ever seen. I, can you agree with that? I mean, the way he took him out in two rounds. I, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and let's just talk about like building up to that. We have, we have, um, him beating so so when he when he, in UFC 189 back in like 2015 he's supposed to fight Jose Aldo they do this whole world tour when it was in Ireland you remember <laughs> he took Jose Aldo's belt and he's like what you gonna do all this stuff Jose Aldo gets a rib injury pulls out and then he has to fight Chad Mendes who took it on short notice and everyone's like oh this is the fighter that that they were protecting Conor McGregor from a wrestler but the thing is Conor McGregor like weather the storm like Chad Mendes was taking him down and Chad Mendes was doing some good work on the ground but Conor McGregor stayed calm got back up knocked him out wins the interim featherweight championship and then 
knocks out a world class fighter in Jose thirteen Aldo seconds. In thirteen seconds, fastest knockout in championship history, and then the featherweight title he doesn't defend it, which honestly kind of kind of is something not so good to look back on because like he I think he should have defended it a little bit, but he's going up to fight. Uh, I think so. I think it was the next fight was the lightweight championship fight. It was the so so the thing is this fight was just all like every everything was like set up, you know. It was Madison Square Garden. The, they just unbanned at the time MMA from Madison Square Garden right. uh or from from New York City and New York and all that. And the first fight, the first main event is Eddie Alvarez the lightweight champion you know, against Conor McGregor, another wrestler that Conor McGregor has to face. But there wasn't any wrestling in that fight. And I'll never forget, you know, the, the press conferences was were crazy. Like 17,000 people show up for the weigh-ins. And then the fight happens. And then Conor McGregor, you know, he's absolutely, you know... Effortless. He made him look so effortless with his... You know, putting... Yeah, he's so calm with his strikes. And then he's powerful at the same time. And then I remember they were like, you know, Eddie Alvarez is looking a little bit better. And then Conor McGregor with like that, that like that, that was the just, best. Like, the that, that combo was so clean. I mean, just step back and boom. No, no, he won, and he just kept on hitting him. It was, I mean, that was a great yeah, combo. It was like it was just so much. It was just so many quick strikes in one, and then like the knockout, the double belt. He holds two belts, and then the next fight was the no, Floyd no, Mayweather no, fight. No, no. Yeah. So the Floyd Mayweather fight. He brings UFC into the mainstream. He does lose the Floyd Mayweather fight. But that fight, he cashes out and he makes a huge name for himself. Now, the whole world knows his name. And then the the, the Nate Diaz rivalry, bro. That was just... I want to see three. I want to see three. I want to see Nate Diaz uh, three. Let me, let, me tell you about, let, let me tell you about this rivalry, bro. Like, when it happened, like, Conor McGregor says this house is like this household name. Or actually, no. So... Actually, this happened before. Yeah, that that yeah, the, yeah. It happened before the Floyd Mayweather. But let's just talk about it for a sec. Conor McGregor at the time, featherweight champion, he has so much hype behind him, and he takes this like welterweight fight against Nate Diaz. Now, Nate Diaz, like for for hardcore MMA fans, like they know how not the best record, but he's he's there to fight. They know, yeah, they know how how much of a fighter Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz were. Yeah, but and, but you know, people don't know in his early career, the UFC gave him a lot of wrestlers, and he didn't do co- too good against the wrestlers, and that's how he got a lot of his yeah. losses. So yeah, that's how it was. That's, that, why, that's yeah. why Nate didn't, he didn't look good. The record didn't make him look that good, but he, he's good. He's there to scrap. He's a dog, and his cardio is insane. Yeah, and then I and then I just remember like, like you know, so much trash talking in that uh, like leading up to the fight. And then, like Conor McGregor is is you know he's 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 doing Conor McGregor things early on, you know, just striking well. And then you know he starts to gas out. He even admitted he was fatigued. Then Nate Diaz, you know, starting getting some good strikes. Conor McGregor goes for a takedown. He gets stuffed, and then Nate Diaz absolutely dominates him on the ground. And then we got the rear naked choke, and then tap out for Conor McGregor. Nate Diaz flexes in front of the camera. He says he's not iconic photo he up the world. He says he's not surprised. Mm-hmm. And, Not surprised. And he, yeah, and he just and he, and then he 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 becomes like that that name. He be, he just beat the biggest star in MMA, biggest fight star in the game, and he 
has the rematch. He's like he's which now was like a war? the main guy. Which was a war? And and that was like the first war we saw from Conor McGregor. And you know, they were both bloodied up. Conor McGregor with the leg strikes, and then he, he starts to get his rhythm, he starts to throw some good shots, and then Conor McGregor wins. He asks for number three. I just number three, I feel like would just be if Conor McGregor does decide to come back, they have to start they have to make that fight. Yeah, I agree. Because they 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 it's like you you can't just leave it at two fights. You have to have a third fight some way, somehow. Like Nate Diaz is still like active. He's still always looking for a fight. He's always training. And the Conor McGregor's just on and off, you know, advertising his whiskey brand or like showing off designer or retiring. But you know, he 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 would definitely just make a lot of money money based off the Nate Diaz fight. And I feel like Conor McGregor, you know, he 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 deserves. They both deserve to fight to fight each other again. That would just be insane for the. Fans. A lot of people thought he lost the second fight. I don't think he lost it at all. I think he was clear victory for him. It was a close. It was. A it close was a close fight. fight. Yeah, it was a close fight, but I, I can definitely McGregor won that though. I think he won round one, two, and five. I think it was. I think Nate Diaz got three and four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. It was something like that. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was a war. Very, it was just a very like. It was a. It was a war. And honestly, like. It was just, it's just pretty, it's pretty insane. Um, one sec, I got to take my air. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very honored to be on this podcast. Let's say it again. All right, so we had a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, and I didn't get to do my out, uh, my outro. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, I'm definitely going to be more active for uh, my podcast. Um I'm thinking about doing a season two where I just completely change things and talk about like a lot of different like like maybe not sports specifically, just things going on in the world. I might do a season two. I might not. Who knows? Uh, I, I, I need to make that decision uh, later, but I'm definitely going to be coming out with more podcasts uh, in the future, uh, more guests, more topics. Uh, I'm my apologies once again for not being active enough. Um, and I appreciate you guys once again. Thank you to Eric and Kieran for hopping on. Uh, I really enjoyed their time and, 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 you know, it was just bros being bros. You know, we talked about a lot of different things and I, and and I had so much fun. So thank you guys once again for listening. Uh, peace out. Hope everyone's doing well. Black Lives Matter. Long live Juice World and catch you guys later.